really want to thank the worship team for setting the scene. Um, it's just going to start now. Um, we start the PC. Worked out so well. So thank you, Karen, for the team. It comes as no surprise, really, to anyone that the subject today is all about recharging. If we consider historic times of revival, and we all, we all want to see that again, there is usually a primary personality with group support spearheading the work of evangelism and fiction. But we don't see that today. Right here and now, we can't see revival happening. And yet we want to be a part of such a high level of spiritual energy and enthusiasm. So what is running our batteries down? What is the power source that can replenish our spiritual energies? And where do we plug in to recharge? Where do we get it? And what will we do when our spiritual batteries are fully recharged? They're the, the questions I asked myself as I looked at this topic. Pastor Keith chose the subject, giving it the title, Recharging Through Godly Community. It's a little bit highbrow for me. To simplify things, I've called it Recharging Our Christian Vision and Energy Through Church Stuff. And church stuff is important because, as Karen said, this is where we meet with the Lord. He is here in our presence today, if only we will recognise him. Now things have been happening in our house of late. Alison has been telling me that the battery in the phone isn't holding its charge like it should. She says things like, I've just, and it's a complaint too, um, and, and with an agenda, she's got a birthday come up, coming up soon and I fell for it. I've already bought her a new phone. <laughs> She says things like, I've just plugged into the internet to do some banking and my battery has dropped from 60% to 15% in less than 10 minutes. Where's my charger? I think it's behind that. And recharging energy levels in one area from another power source isn't a new concept. Around 57 AD, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the church at Rome, saying in chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the Apostle Paul was saying, don't plug into the world, plug into God. He recognised way back in the early days of the New Testament church that the world around us will actually lead us away from God's will and purpose. The things of this world will drain our spiritual batteries. If you don't recharge regularly, the energy and enthusiasm, enthusiasm sapping effects of a busy life will see us all go flat and lifeless. Even Everyday emotions will sap our spiritual strength, just as being on the internet drained Alison's phone battery. We all have feelings, and feelings can take away our energies to do good. Feelings like loneliness, muscular or even mental weakness. 
Worry will do it. Worry will just reduce your energy. So will sadness followed by unkind words from others. And I've found that even old age can run our batteries down quicker now than they did in earlier days. And when temptation and sin come knocking at our door, the spiritual batteries go into overdrive to fight off the temptation and that's when we really need to plug into the Lord and be recharged. Everyone, everywhere, is facing the same attack on our spiritual reserves. We all need to recharge before we become helpless and vulnerable to the destructive workings of the enemy of God. So what is the power source we need? Well, it's the Lord our God, obviously. And yet, if it is so obvious, why do our batteries lose power? Why aren't we plugged into the God of life all the time? Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, be renewed, put off the old self, and put on the new self. And there's an act of will required in that statement. We can't afford to be lazy or careless. And Paul wrote also to the Corinthian church saying, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, if that was an absolute truth and not a positional truth, we wouldn't be tempted anymore, would we? There wouldn't be a need for renewal and a recharge. <coughs> but it is a positional truth. And the fact is, it is possible to be that new creation, but only if we remain fully recharged. Now, even the Apostle Paul, whom we all look up to, spoke of his personal need for empowering, especially in chapter 7 of his letter to the Romans, where he said, I want to do good stuff, but I find myself doing bad stuff. One part of my personal motivation is pulling towards the things of God, while another part is pulling me away. And that same conflict is within each of us, and it drains our spiritual batteries. It's a daily battle for most of us. I read a story of an old American Indian who was trying to relate this same struggle in his life between the old self and the new creation that he had become in Jesus Christ. He said it was, it was like as if he had a bad black dog inside his heart alongside of a white good dog and these dogs fought each other daily to determine whether he would live lawfully or unlawfully according to the ways of God. Someone said to him, which dog wins? And the old Indian says, the dog that I feed is the one that is stronger and the winner. That made me wonder what we feed our minds on. Do we feed our minds on the things of God? When we face the temptation, do we, does our, our mind and our heart go straight to 
a verse of scripture or do we allow lingering thoughts of the pleasures of this world to corrupt and drain our batteries? That old Indian is spot on in his understanding of what happens when we put a good source or a bad source into our minds. Because what we allow in determines what comes out. So life as we live it today has a draining effect on our good spiritual batteries. God has the power that will give us victory over temptation, lethargy and sin. And this morning's Bible reading answers the question about how to plug into God's power and recharge our spiritual lives. Verse 25 says, don't stop attending church stuff. And this advice to help the Hebrews was written prior to AD 70, which means that even in the early church, there was a problem with people staying home instead of attending the gatherings. And non-attendance to church stuff takes a Christian away from the very real source of power that will charge their lives, that will make them the sort of people God wants us to be, that enables us to minister and help others as well as lead a godly and holy life. There's an enormous amount of good to be experienced at church gathering. And Keith told me to make special mention of small group meetings, Bible study, engaged groups, prayer meetings. Is that all, Keith? Did I miss anything? Church especially. The church is the body of Christ. And the body ministry is to help and encourage each other in line with biblical teaching. Do you realise that we're here both to get help and to give help. You can help me today to recharge my spiritual batteries and I hope that I can help you recharge yours. And there's some illustrations in the New Testament where church gatherings were the means by which God empowered his people to do great things. The Lord Jesus never intended anyone should practice Christianity in isolation. Being a Christian isn't a solo effort, it's a team effort. And the tone of Hebrews 10, 20-25 is emphatic on this point. Verse 22 says, let us go right into the presence of God. And you've got to see the word us there, because as a body, when we come to church, it's our intention to go right into the presence of God. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast to our faith because God can be trusted. Verse 24, let us motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Help recharge one another. And verse 25, let us encourage one another and let us keep coming to church stuff. Our Christian lives and our ability to serve the Lord our God are recharged right here at church. And when the New Testament church was very young and when persecution was rife, the Apostle Peter was in prison. But God was there in the church amongst the people. 
And when they prayed, God was helping them pray. And God sent an angel and let Peter out of jail. And he went to the place where the church was meeting because he knew he should never forsake the gathering of themselves together. And Acts 12, 13, 16 tells us that Peter knocked at the door. They were having a, pro, a closed service, apparently. Peter knocked at the door and young Rhoda went out, opened the door, recognised Peter's voice, and in such a surprise, she shut the door in his face and went back inside and tried to convince the prayer group that Peter was out there. He was out of prison. They didn't believe him, and all the, didn't believe Rhoda, and all the time Peter kept knocking until they finally let him in. The prayers of the people were more powerful in, in, in bringing God's miracle into effect than their faith to believe was. It's quite interesting. Another example of empowering within the local church comes from Acts 13, and it has to do with the church at Antioch. There the people were praying and fasting and the Holy Spirit was in their midst and the Holy Spirit told them to set Paul and, uh, Saul and Paul and Barnabas aside. So they prayed and fasted again, laid hands on these two men and sent them out as missionaries. They were charging and recharging within the group and then they put that energy to work as Paul and Barnabas went out on their first missionary journey. Let us not be too busy doing what we do in church that we miss out on the presence of Christ in our midst. He promised to be here and he's true to his word. The church is empowered by God when we come together and he meets with us every time. In Acts 2.1 it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. The church was preparing themselves for a moment, a movement of the Holy Spirit. They did so by being together and praying with the Lord. It's just not our own, our local church here, but the Christian church globally has been working through the ages. It's been a powerhouse of beneficial change throughout history. Now, it is claimed that the Christian church saved civilization when the Roman Empire disintegrated. The church developed the first universities. It enabled science. It helped establish Western and international law. The, local, uh, the church contributed widely to the development of economics and has been foremost in developing hospitals and schools, and that's why Pastor Keith needed a holiday. He's been doing all those things. Doing church stuff not only recharges our spiritual energies, but doing church stuff is also a means of glorifying God as we serve him and his people. Trusting God fully gives us peace and contentment that cannot be gained by any other means. And I'm led to ask, how motivated are you by the encouragement of another believer? Have you been encouraged just recently, and I'm going to embarrass um, Brenda, and I probably won't because she's not here today, but I do want to thank her for the lovely way that she encouraged me recently. 
my poor old feet have been giving me trouble and I recently asked for prayer. Didn't really give any details. I figured that God would understand if someone said, please help Pastor Bert's feet, that would be enough. God would know. But Brenda not only prayed, she went a step further than praying. She purchased a pair of happy socks for me to help my feet be a bit happier. They're, they're a wee bit colourful. Um, they are comfy, and my feet have never felt better, I've got to say that. The socks themselves are therapeutic, but the thoughtfulness and encouragement that that little gift brought is astounding. Um, it helped me more than my local doctor has been able to help. And I thank the Lord for the thought that she put in Brenda's mind to encourage me. So when our batteries are fully recharged, we can help each other not only recharge, but we can help them reach for the sky. I want to reiterate, what is it that drains our batteries? Well, too many things to mention. What takes our enthusiasm away? What stops us from serving our Lord and his people? And I think of my car. If I want the car to go, I've got to put petrol in it. If Alison wants her phone to work, she's got to charge it. In the same way that blood gives life to our bodies, our Lord God gives strength and energy to us so that we can serve him in the ways that he chooses for us to serve. The Lord refuels, recharges and equips us for profitable Christian service, especially when we come to church and when we attend fellowship with other believers. Every devotion you listen to, every Bible study you attend, every sermon, these are like building blocks that when you gather enough of them together, they form an impenetrable wall of faith that protects us and helps us grow in Christ. How does chapter 10 of Hebrews say we can recharge? It's right here in our local church. It's a, this church is a part of God's power source because our church is fueled by scripture and attended by Christ whenever we meet. This church isn't about tradition or fable or what the world teaches. It's all about what God teaches. Our Lord empowers us through himself and through the ministry of his word. Then what can we do when our faith is fully charged? What special task is the Lord preparing you for? We can put our Christian faith and willingness to serve to good use by following the advice that we see in those few verses in the book of Hebrews, those verses that start with the two words, let us, let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us go right into the presence of God. Let us fully trust our Lord. Let us hold tightly to our faith that God keeps his promises. Let us motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us minister to each other with encouragements. Come to church every chance you have to recharge and to serve and help others to recharge their batteries too.
dear Lord and Saviour of mankind. We rejoice in your goodness toward us. Thank you for providing forgiveness for our many sins. Thank you for empowering and equipping us for Christian service. Thank you for bringing us together in this local church. Thank you for shepherding us into your spiritual family. We thank you too for Pastor Keith and for his ministry to us on your behalf. Enrich our lives with the nature and characteristics of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and recharge us with energy and enthusiasm to serve you in those ways that you've chosen. We pray this through the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.